Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thriving in the new year. We got some spoilers this week to talk about. We got some uh, cha- uh, lists from the challenge to talk about this week. So I'm looking forward to this episode, man. Yeah, nice. Uh, bring it all back. We had some big episodes with the art episode, mm-hmm. followed by the Gavin episode. So not not every week can be a banger, people. Right? Not yet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we got a nice one for you here, and uh, I think the first thing we want to go over are the uh, the challenge lists from the second. Correct? Yeah. Uh, first challenge of the new year. Uh, got some cool list in there. Uh, looks like there were about. Kind of three lists that caught my eye. Well, look, there's a couple more. I mean, it doesn't look like there's anything too crazy going mm-hmm. on right now. Um, I do want to point out, Pat, though, I did a quick control F search. <laughs> of course you did. Not a single court of cunning in the entire challenge. You're Was kidding that, me. Uh, what? No Man. way. I was really looking forward to uh, ripping my underground seas in half and going to live in a cave, but I, I guess it's just not to be. Not to be. <laughs> we'll still see. You know, still could be some other ones popping up, so we'll see. But we'll I, I next time, I guess, right? I, I don't see Court of Cunning reshaping the legacy metagame anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that three-man enchantment, right? That blue enchantment? Yeah. I mean, it has the monarch and all of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, as a key investor, you always got to hedge your bets, Pat. I picked up, I picked up a playset of Court of, uh, Court of Cunning in case I was wrong. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a total. Well, loss. if it were foils, then uh, then you can just use those to buy up your uh, your new underground seas because you had to eat your other ones. So, oh man, but uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll hold on to my Court of Cunnings for a bit, but I really don't see them uh, reshaping the metagame anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's a, a good call. I mean, you never know, like. A card like this, like someone could slide it into like a uh, into a control deck, like a you know one of these snow yeah. control decks or something. Like, but uh, like you said, is it going to be a player, like a real, like legitimate player? I I don't think so. Monarch, yeah, we know I've, monarch's I've, a powerful mechanic, right? Like, it, yeah, it's, that's been proven to be a a, a real thing, but. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And I've definitely seen people post like five zero lists with Court of Cunning, sure. but it's like, I mean, five zeroing is like winning your F and M. It's like, yeah, you can do it with some sweet meme decks, but it doesn't really, you know, spell the future of the format or anything right. like that. Right, exactly. exactly. But who knows? There's still time, Pat. You know, still about a, a month left, I think we said. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and if it uh if it redes- redefines legacy in that in that month, I will uh go move to a cave. And it's cold this time of year. That I, cave is probably pretty cold and probably <laughs> occupied by a bear. <laughs> I am uh I have uh put an insurance plan on your underground seas, Jerry. So I plan on collecting. I, I plan on collecting when they meet their ultimate demise. So <laughs> straight in the shredder. <laughs> oh boy! But looks like I'm keeping my underground seas for now. Well, that's let's good. talk. Let's talk about these sweet lists because okay. there was actually a super sweet list that came in first place. Yeah, this is the. Uh, what do they have it labeled here? They have it blue, white, red, snow, mid range, <laughs> USA, and USA. it's got counterbalance in it. So that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, this kind of reminds me a couple years ago. I think it was like GP New Jersey when blue, white, red uh, Delver decks were super popular. Mm -hmm. And you were seeing like Delver, Stoneforge, Bolts, uh, Swords to Plowshares. And this is a, a much slower version of that, but it definitely feels in that same kind of flavor vein to me. There, so there got, are a lot of three drops in this deck for a car for a deck, yes. a deck that's running uh, counterbalance. That's interesting, right? But yeah, I guess like it counters Oko, right? Yeah, it's basically like everything shifted up a converted mana cost slot. Like mm -hmm. so, instead of Delvers and Stoneforge Mystic, now we have Dreadhorde Arcanist and Monastery Mentors, right? Um, and then also they're they're running a one of from uh, I think this is Commander yes. uh, Savine's Reclamation yeah so that's the two and a white sorcery and uh, you get to return target permanent card because I had to read this because I don't know what that is off the top of my head uh, it's return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield uh, if this spell was cast from a graveyard you may copy this spell and may choose a new target for this copy and flashbacks four and a white so in a control deck this is a card that you're definitely going to cast a second time right like. Four and white is not impossible for this deck. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely uh, can see this getting flashback pretty frequently, um, you know, especially when you're running counterbalances and Teferis as well to help slow the game down. I'm surprised this deck is only running 16 lands, though. That seems very, very light. Yeah, for how high their curve is, 16 lands seems very light. Um, I mean, I guess they I mean, do top out at three. Like, it's not like they're running, you know what I mean? Like, it's Yeah, it's they're, also, they're running the arc. They're running the Arkham's Astrolabe package as well, and that yep. does help smooth out the mana base a little bit with those extra draws. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean that th these. I and I always feel like the blue, white, red uh, decks always kind of run the uh, Razor's Edge. Yeah. Um, and it's not running any Wastelands that other right. like Delver decks uh, would. I don't even know. Why I keep calling referring to this because it's it's just not a Delver deck at all anymore. But you know, not running those Wastelands does uh, you know make mean that all six of those lands you get full value out right of. and and they're not running anything even like a jace in the sideboard so like they're they are topping out at three at three mana they're not casting anything more than that so i guess 16 yep. lands makes sense so maybe maybe i should retract that maybe like casting the flashback on Sivian's reclamation isn't that common but i i suppose it could come up right i i still white. think it is i still think yeah. it is i mean they're running three counterbalance main they got the teferi yeah um, you know, they got four swords, two lightning bolts, so they got plenty of removal. They're running four force will, two force negation. Three days is, is interesting. They probably just shaved it. Well, it, they're running three days and one pithing needle. Yes. So to me, to me, they trimmed a days for a main deck pithing needle. I'm curious kind of what the needle's for. Oh, I'm sure like Oko and I mean, Needle yeah. just shuts off so many things. Like, well, yeah, but I mean, so Needle is obviously very, um, it's very... Uh, versatile, but it's interesting to see one in the main deck. I guess it is a one-of. It's like a miser's copy, so. Yeah, I mean, I think at, at, we're at the point of Legacy where Needle shuts off so many must-answer things mm -hmm. that it's not it's not that unusual for me to see it in main decks anymore. Is it just because like, we're entering, like, like the Haymaker like kind of season of Legacy, so to speak? Well, it's, uh, it's just like Oko is just such a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like if if we look through the rest of this top eight, we're gonna see a lot of Okos and Pithy Needle's just such the most efficient answer for it. Mm -hmm. Um, not even Oko though. There are so many other planeswalkers seeing play, and also like randoms of like Elvish Reclaimer. Like Elvish Reclaimer's all over the place as well. Right. It, it helps shut that off. Um, 
you know, I, I'm not saying people should be running like four pithing needles the way the the cloud post decks run it mm-hmm. um, to shut off wastelands and stuff like that. But I mean, we're legacy. P- pretty much everyone always says fetch lands. Everyone usually has a planeswalker. Like p- pithing needle is almost never a dead card, right? So I I don't think it's that unusual to start seeing pithing needles main. Hmm. Okay, but yeah, um, the. Th- we run in the three days, uh, then also, of course, rounding out uh, the four ponder, four brainstorm, and that pretty much takes care of the, the totality of the deck. Um, what is interesting in the sideboard is they're running a single torpor orb in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what that's for, if that's just for, like, Uros or what. Well, what, what are we seeing that... We're seeing a lot of ETB triggers on creatures right now. That's, uh, is, I, mean, I mean, it's good. It's good against elves, I suppose, right? Yeah, right. elves. I, I, I feel the main reasons Uro, you know, okay. shutting off the uh, that enters the gain three life and draw a card, but you're still they're still triggering on the attack. So I don't know. Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from the the pilot themselves. You know what they were running, um, you know that torpor orb for. Mm-hmm. They are, however, running a court, the much cooler court, Court of Grace, Indeed. which I think I think is way better than Court of Cunning. <laughs> uh, court of Grace, two white white for an enchantment. Court of Grace enters the battlefield. You become the monarch. Because of your upkeep, create a one one white spirit creature token with flying. If you're the monarch, create a four four white angel creature token with flying instead. This card is really good. Like I got. I played with this uh, in the draft format, mm-hmm. and I was just surprised at not only how well it, it protects the Monarch for you because you're making uh, tokens, but also allows you to steal it back because the 1-1 white spear creature tokens have flying, and any form of evasion in combat is nice for uh, you know claiming that Monarch uh, title back. Uh, I really like Court of Grace. I, I think we're going to start seeing Court of Grace kind of pop up in in some more of the uh, slower, you know, blue white control based decks, and, and at least in the sideboard, because mm-hmm. this is one of those cards. I feel that if you slam it in a uh, blue white mirror match, you're just going to snowball as the as the as the game goes on and on. Right. Um, then they're also running Pyroblast, Red Elemental Blast, and then Blood Moons. Uh, and then pyroclasms and surgical extractions as the graveyard hate, mm-hmm. uh, and then some wear and tears. But yeah, I, I think it's a pretty cool list that you know definitely played against the meta well because they ended up winning the whole thing. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of yeah. like these low to the ground like blue white decks. You know, uh, I wouldn't even call this low to the ground. I would call this yeah. like <laughs> it's pretty low to the ground. I mean, it's pretty low. To- I mean, it's not rug delver, but. It's it's like I it's a uh, it's a hoverboard. It's low to the ground, but also hovering above the one <laughs> mana cavern mana cost. <laughs> um, let's see. Second place looks like was just a regular old uh, rug delver list with Okos. Nothing too interesting in that one. Uh, we got a Hogak, uh, Vengevine, Hedron Crab deck. That deck's been a lot of fun to play. I played a, I played a bunch of that online. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that deck's just like always going to be a contender because there's still just people who forget to bring their graveyard hate. Yep. And even the people who do bring their graveyard hate, this deck is super resilient. Yep. Uh, let's see. Anzid in fourth place with... Oh, this is kind of interesting. We've seen decks like this before, 
but um, it's the whole breacher list mm-hmm. that's been popping up. Um, so it's two Narset, two Oko, two Teferi for Planeswalkers. So lots of pithing needle targets there. Um, then it's got the whole breacher. Uh, if an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead you create a treasure token. So Gavin was asking us a lot about Hull Breacher. Um, we've been seeing it pop up. It's not everywhere. Like we, This is the first time we've seen it in the top eight in fourth place. Uh, but it just has a really cool interaction between Hull Breacher uh, and then also they're running Days Undoing. So if you can get that combo off... Hull Breacher plus Days Undoing turns into you draw seven cards and make seven Lotus Petals. <laughs> uh, so that's that's pretty nice, I would say. And then they have they have you know Ice Fang Coatl and Uros, uh, Ponders and Brainstorms, all that good stuff. Uh, and oh, Carbon of Flowers main there. They, they must have been playing against a lot of blue spells. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a cool list. I do, I do like that. I, I honestly do. I, I, we talked about this with Gavin last week. You know, he was afraid that Hull Breacher was too overpowered. I think Hull Breacher is actually kind of really well balanced for uh, where Legacy yeah, is now. I agree. I think it's ex- kind of exactly where you want to be. It's like slightly better than uh, what's that other card? Uh, Thief of Notion. Notion Thief. Notion Thief. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's like slightly better than that, right? So uh, it costs less, and uh, it's a. I think it's got a better body. Am I mistaken? Uh, it doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, th- I think they're both three twos. Okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm I forget on I forget on Notion Thief. Um, yeah, it, I I just feel like I would rather three play one Notion Thief three is a three one for for four mana. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but like, yes, getting Hole Breacher is annoying. Like, if you cast Brainstorm and your opponent flashes in Hole Breacher, that. That sucks. Like you lost your brainstorm and your opponent got this huge mana ramp. Mm-hmm. But I would still rather play against a whole breacher over an Uro. Yeah, totally. Week. Oh, totally. It, it's just like a different psychological <laughs> beating. Like whole breacher is like, oh man, you got me. And where Uro is like getting like uh, waterboarded, <laughs> you're just being like <laughs> held down with a rag across your face. You're gonna enjoy just, this. Someone's pouring a milk carton of water like up your nose. Oh, that's, that's what awesome. that's what Uro feels like. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> but I mean, this deck's running Uro too, so you're just gonna have the worst of times in all all situations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a look at their cyber. Oh, a damping sphere. I haven't seen that one in a while. We talked about that a little bit when uh, Dominaria first came out. Yep. So that's the two colorless artifact. If a land is tapped for two or more mana, it produces a colorless mana of uh, any other type and amount. Wait. If a land is tapped for two or more mana, it produces colorless instead of any other type of So one color. So you're, you're yeah, you know, you're. That's uh, just not really phrased. Yeah, your so ancient basically, tombs only produce one colorless mana. Your city of traders only produce one colorless mana. Your uh, cloud posts only produce one right, right, and we out. saw cloud posts in other uh, in, in the top eight as well. So that's a good call to have that as a sideboard card in this in this uh, challenge. Yeah, and then the second ability is each spell a player cast costs one more to cast for each other spell that player has cast this turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just some hate card, but yeah, we haven't seen that in a while, so that's nice to see that uh, you know popping up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, 
and then is it Staticaster? I haven't seen is it Staticaster used to be all over the place when Young Pyromancer was more popular. I haven't really seen much of it since then, but still popping up from time to time. Uh oh, is this Oops All Spells? Yeah, fifth place, Oops All Spells. You know I didn't want to talk about this one, Jerry. <laughs> you don't want to talk about this one? No, I no, mean, it's fine. It's fine. To be fair, it looks pretty Hey, did you mention the days undoing in uh, Honorog's list, by the way? Yeah. Oh, okay. the right. whole, That's what it, I might have whole, missed that, yeah. Yeah, the whole combo with Hull Breachers, days undoing. Yes, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, Then, but yeah, so fifth place, I mean, that's just kind of uh, the stock Oops All Spells list. Uh, unless I'm, my eyes are glancing over something that I don't not see. What, are you not like completely up to date on what Oops All Spells is playing in their 75, Jerry? Well, it's also not like that it's... It, it's only been a static deck for, you know, since, uh, uh, what set is this? The the Zendikar Rising? Mm-hmm. Or is that the most? There's so many Zendikar sets, I can't remember, like, which order they came in. <laughs> Whatever the most recent it, It's interesting. There's, there's, so they're, they're obviously, I mean, we've talked about this before, where they, like, Agadim's Awakening and Turn Timber Symbiosis, they're taking advantage of some of those, you know, uh, land on one side, so, you know, spell on the other side cards, which is really cool. But those are like those are like instances where I love that Wizards is making cards that are are different. You know what I mean? Because they have these cool little applications in the eternal formats, but they don't break the the format. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it also just gives you more real estate to work with on the cards. Mm-hmm. Plus, they look badass. I do oh, really like these like extended art cards. Totally. I know people kind of poo poo them because they're it's like it's not that much of a change, mm-hmm. but I still li- I still like them. Uh, sixth place, we have the Skyclaver deck. It's like Bant, good stuff. So four Elvish Reclaimer, three Skyclave Apparition, two Uro, three Life from the Lone. Another Savine's Reclamation. So that's seeing more and more play, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, four, two, two Swords to Plowshares, four Mox Diamond, four Exploration, two Sylvan Library, three Valakut Exploration. That's another new card. So, Valakut Exploration is an enchantment for two and a red landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. At the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut's Exploration, put them into the, your owner's graveyard. Then Valakut's Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good in a uh, like land-style deck like this because they're running... Uh, they're running four explorations, so they can just like machine gun out a bunch of lands, get the landfall triggers, and then do a whole bunch of damage to their opponent, then put all those cards that were exiled into their graveyard and return them to their hand with life from the low. Right. So that's nice. It also works well with Uro too. I mean, if you're attacking with Uro, you're already in a very good spot, but yeah, also true. What is Rug? Rugarian Triome. Oh, this is the Triome from uh what is it, Ixalan? Not Ixalan. Um Icoria, yeah. Yep. Icoria, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Icoria. So it's the blue, red, white Triland enters the battlefield tapped and then it has cycling for three. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so close to a play like a real like legacy land? I know it's in this deck, but like it's so close well, to it- a real legacy land. Yeah, because it's fetchable. Right, it's an island, island mountain plane. Yeah, I think so... is that the only three, like color fetchable land that there is, like the triomes. Uh, 
Yeah, the triumphs I believe are the only ones. Oh. I don't even I don't even know if they finished the cycle. Oh no, they must have because it's it's Trilands. So yeah, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I guess if I look in Scryfall for Triome, I could probably find all of them, right? Yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah, there's five of them. But I don't think that's actually enough. The way the shards work, I think there's ten. T- ten shards. I, I want to say. I don't know math. Math is hard. Yeah. We have, uh, there's a rug one, there's a Jeskai one, there's a Mardu one, there's a bug one, and there's one more. Black, white, green. I don't know what that is. Uh, black, white, green, uh, uh or, junk. I don't know what the official name yeah, is, I forget. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know that. it's supposed, it's junk is the, uh, right. the leg- legacy player name. Yeah. Um, so there's no bug, like blue, no, there's blue, a bug black, one. green. There's a bug one. Oh, there is a bug yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, uh, the Zagolf Triome, Swamp Forest Island, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there Esper, white, blue, black? Uh, No. No, no Asper. Okay, no so, yeah. So, so they have. Yeah, there's only the five. Triumphs. of them, So there should be ten. Is it? Is it ten that it works? I don't know how many it works out to. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I yeah, I believe it's ten. Yeah, we'll probably see those finish because Wizards loves uh, finishing cycles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, seventh place looks like Rug Delver. Nothing of interest there. Yeah, pretty standard. And then in eighth place. Uh ooh, Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday's a real deck. A real deck. Um doesn't look anything interesting in this list. I just though. lost my place in this in the challenge lists. I just zoomed out and it just lost my place. Uh I think that's pretty much it though. Like there's no Oh, honorable mention Pat, ninth place. Uh blue white Omni Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tinkered with this deck a little bit. I I'm not convinced. What's what's your sense of it? I don't. I'm not convinced it's better than the blue green version. Mm-hmm. Losing like so you by adding white you gain Teferi. Like that's basically why you add white to the uh, deck. Because um, Teferi is just super good in combo decks, just shutting off all your opponent's counter magic and just letting yep. you combo off with impunity. Um. But I just really love the Coatles from the blue-green version because that just gives you so much protection against the creature-based decks and buys you so much time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I, I'm not entirely convinced the blue-white version is better than the blue-green version. I haven't played the blue-white version enough. Um, but I, I think you can't go wrong with either of those. Um, though I'm actually personally myself back to blue-red. I'm back to the roots of uh, you know blue-red show-and-tell. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it's just faster than the other two decks, uh, but other than that, looks pretty interesting. Though they are running, they're running four of the Seagate Restoration to, yep. to play off of omniscience. I don't really like that because it's a <laughs> it's a dead card if you don't ha- like it's such it's so win more to me, right? So it's four blue 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 sorcery draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game is this is this just like your extra copies of emrakul and grizzlebrand basically no well the thing is it's also uh, one of the flip lands like this is also one of the spells that can be played as a land right right so like i i should take it back it's not really always a dead card it's because it's a land if you can cast it um, you're basically running this instead of, uh, you know, more lands cause they're only running 17 lands instead mm-hmm. of the 
19 or 20 that sneak and show decks usually run. Um, but this is basically like early game. They play it as lands late game. They play it as the spell, but I just feel like it's just such a win more. Like if you're doing this, you probably are already winning the game. Yep. And then like, I just feel like nine times out of 10, you're playing this as a land and it's a shitty land at that. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if it works for him, it works. Oh, I do like, I, I'll take it back. There is one other cool thing about the blue-white version. <laughs> and this is okay. just rubbing salt in the wounds. <laughs> uh, you can run Caracas, and half the time you just Caracas your own Emrakul to take infinite turns. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> so I just go like Emrakul off Omniscience, take an extra turn, Caracas bounce by Emrakul, cast You can Emrakul. also do the same thing with Venser, too. You can just like bounce their entire, uh, yeah, like their entire uh, uh, board's. True, yeah, they are also running a Venser sh- uh, Shaper Savant, mm-hmm. uh, so you can also do that. Take infinite turns with Emrakul, then bounce their board with Venser, mm-hmm. and then win the game. So basically any on-board hate your opponents have uh, gets dealt with. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a cool Pretty list. Pretty cool. I'll have to try out the blue-white version uh, some more. Uh, I haven't had as much, uh, you know, experience with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Man, Teferi is really good. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just do Bant Pat. I'll just I'll best of both worlds. <laughs> I'll include the uh, the Kawaddles and then also Teferi for max <laughs> max value. Uh, anything else kind of catch your uh, your eye here? Yeah, there was a list in tenth. The uh, blue red magmatic. Uh, they called it mag- magmatic Delver. Yeah. Oh, it's running the new card from Zendikar, Magmatic Channeler. We yes, kinda, we kind of talked about this during spoiler season. Yep, yep. Uh, so one in a red for a one three. As long as you have four more instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard, it gets plus three plus one. So it turns mm-hmm. into a four four. Right. So, so that's kind of a beater. Then it has the ability to discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library, then choose one of them. You may play that card this this turn. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like that. Um, I like that ability. It's pretty cool. I mean. One in a red for a one three on its face, like is not great, but you're gonna you're churning through your deck so often here. Um, you know. Plus you got like you got Delver of Secrets, you got Brazen Borrower, Monastery So these are playing a lot of the cards I really like to play. Actually, this is a deck I might put together. Now that I'm looking at it. Fiery Islets. Yeah, I like this a lot. What did they cut? It looks like they cut some of the spells to fit the Magmatic Channeler, because they're running uh, 16 creatures. Well, they're only running two Brazen Borrow and two True Name, True Name Memesis, but yeah, they are running a few more, so let me see here. So they have Brainstorm Days, Force Will, Bolt, Ponder, four Chain Lightning, three Preordain. So I guess they're not running any main deck uh, Force Negation. They're not running any of those in the main deck. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not running anything like a Spell Pierce or... It's the other one, Spell Snare. They're, you know, they kind of, kind of cut some of the uh, seventeen. Yeah, they, so they kind of cut some of the permission, I guess, mm-hmm. for for more proactive deck, which I kind of like. Um, I don't know if I would love two Brazen Borrower and two True Names. Although, like Brazen Borrower, very oftentimes is just going to bounce a creature and allow you to attack through it. You know. Yeah, I do like this though. Uh, maybe I'll play this this week. We were just talking about. Playing some more Magic Online this week, so yeah, do it up, dude. Kind of dig this. Play it, see how it goes. There's another uh, kind of blue reddish Delver. Actually, it's Grixis Delver in 26th place. Mm-hmm. I just like because it's running the card that I like the most from Zendikar previews: Scourge of Skyclaves. <laughs> 
Um, so Poperon, yeah, Poperon in Poperonin. <laughs> sure. Popo Ronin, oh, I think is what it is. Uh, they came in 26th place, and they've got four Delver of Secrets, four Dreadhorde Arcanist, two Ethereal Forager, which I am still not a fan of. I'm surprised to see it in the list, but they're... they're I, I kind of like that card, though, man. I do. It's just still, like, even if you're fully delving it, so it's four blue-blue for a 3-3 flying yep. with Delve. When Ethereal Forager attacks, you may return an instant or sorcery card exiled with Ethereal Forager to its owner's hand. So you got to delve four. So even when you d- fully delve it, a 3-3 three, three flying for blue-blue is still not that great. Like well, you, I don't know about that. You really need to attack with it to start getting value back, and it's just such a fragile. Well, that's like body. any that's any creature you have to attack. I mean, like not true. There are plenty. I mean, of- it's pretty true. Like like a Dreadhorde Arcanist, you have to attack with it. It's not worth it. Not a one three is not worth it for for two mana, right? So, yeah, but you don't need to delve four to get a Dreadhorde Arcanist into play. Dreadhorde Arcanist isn't like true. four red red. Like if so. You- What's interesting to me is that like the Ethereal Forger does not play well with Treadhorde Arcanist, right? Right, exactly. Like it's antithesis to Treadhorde Arcanist. Yeah. Which like I think they were just trying it out. I like if I were to tr- put this deck together, I would think I would cut the Ethereal Foragers. Mm-hmm. What is interesting is they're running black, so they have the two Ethereal Forager, and then they're running two Scourge of the Skyclaves, which. My only gripe with this card is that it doesn't have flying because the art makes it look like it's flying. Like mm-hmm. it's this big bat-like demon creature, but it doesn't have flying. <laughs> <laughs> so one in a black for a star star kicker of four in a black. When you cast the spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. Scourge of the Skyclave's power and toughness are each equal to 20 Minus the highest life total among players. Right. So it's kind of like a symmetrical death shadow in a way. Right. I really like this card. I, really? I, yeah. Well, hmm. not that I think it's going to like do crazy things, but I definitely think there's some like really interesting build around me stuff you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And this person like threw it in a Grixis deck. And I, I mean, I, I wonder how they felt about it. I'd be interested to hear what they thought after, you know, running through the league with it. Mm hmm. Um, and then for the sorcery and instance, you know, they're running two chain lightning, four ponder, two preordain, four brainstorm, two knights whisperer, which goes <laughs> nicely with the scourge of the sky claves. Get your own life total down a bit. Uh, two force of negation, four force of will, four lightning bolts. And then also they're running a single watery grave, I think, also to help with the scourge of the sky claves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see how it did for them. Oh, what's this in their sideboard? Clout of the Dominus? What, what is this? Uh, it's an old card. It's from Morning Tide. Is that right? Yeah, Morning Tide. It's blue-red hybrid. Uh, as long enchant creature. As long as enchanted creature is blue, it gets plus one plus one. It has shroud. As long as it has it's red, it gets plus one plus one. It has haste. That's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, it goes great on your uh, the spirit dragons. It, yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you cast this. I uh, put a plus one plus one counter on Spirit Dragon. Cloud of the Dawn is just, just, plus for, one, just plus to be clear, one. it is Sprite Dragon. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sprite Dragon. 
I'm just letting the re- I know I know you know what it is. I'm just letting the listeners know. When when life gives you lem- uh, melons, you might have dyslexia. Make, yeah, make a sprite dragon. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it gives it plus two plus two with uh, haste and uh, and shroud. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I wonder how many times they sided it in because I can't I can't imagine like what what matches I'd really want to side that in for my sprite dragons. Hmm. That just like really uh, that really opens you up to go like Sprite Dragon, Cloud of the Dominus, and then your opponent go in response, bolt it. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, that doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel great. It's kind of cool for uh, well, it's not great on Dreadhorde Arcanist actually, I guess. Yeah, it, just it does give it like, it, but it gets up to a hit of two, so it hits like Night's Whisper, and uh, and that's really it. Night's Whisper is interesting too. Isn't there another card that's like that? Yeah, that allows you to. Uh, I think there's a sign bunch. in blood. Sign him up. Like, Wizards loves that effect for draft formats, so there's yeah. been a bunch of, like, Night Whispers-type cards printed. Yeah. Well, that kind of pretty much does it for the lists, I'd say, Pat. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we got pretty deep. We went down to 26th, so... Yeah, we did some skips along the way. Yeah, I'm just saying. We we, we, have, we went pretty deep for those that those interesting lists. <laughs> um, What about card previews? We have some spoilers, but to be honest, because I'm not on Twitter, I don't see any of these at all. Like I, I this is the first time I'm looking at any of these cards. So if there's any that pop out to you, we can talk about them. But I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a, an evening to look through these and uh, come up with some come up with some thoughts on them. Yeah, well, I mean, we just started, so we have. There's also two sets worth of previews right now because there's Commander Legends. And then also Cal Time previews have already started. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm looking at are all the Cal Cal Time uh previews right now. Uh so nothing really has been spoiled that I think is gonna be great for legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh they're they're finishing the cycle of the flip lands. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Which, the pathways. Yeah, the pathways, which yep. we were talking about this with Gavin the other week. If these had been fetchable, they would, I think, would definitely be legacy playable. A thousand percent. And, like, that's just the right amount of um of, of restriction, too. Like, yes, they're fetchable, but they're not as good as a real dual land because you have to pick what kind of what kind of mana they produce ahead of time, right? Right. That's, so, like, the perfect lever, I think, pulled there, but. Yeah, not quite. So, still interesting. Uh, they printed a like a really convoluted uh, pernicious deed on a creature. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Sarulf Realm Eater, mm-hmm. one black green for a three three legendary wolf. Whenever a permanent in opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on Sarulf Realm Eater. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Sarulf has one or more plus one plus one counters on it. Mm-hmm. You may remove all of them. If you do, exile each other non-land permanent with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of counters removed this way. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. So couple things that first struck me with this. I don't think this is quite good enough to see legacy play. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll probably see Nick Fit players run a one of in it just because it's like a it's a pernicious deed on a stick. But this thing is really interesting and can do some cool stuff. So my first gripe with it is that you have to remove all your counters. I really right. I really wish you could pick and choose how many counters you wanted to remove to give yourself uh you know a bit more control over its right. ability. Um but it makes up for the fact that it doesn't exile itself like Pernicious Deed does. Right. Right. And also like this else gets bigger with up like fetch lands too. It's worth noting. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Every time your opponent cracks a fetch, this gets a plus one, plus one counter on it. Yeah. yeah. Or you crack a fetch, you know? Well, it's whenever a permanent in a opponent controls. controls. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, But I do like that it sticks around even after you pop its ability. So Mm -hmm. if you get like a bunch of counters on this, wipe the board, you then still have a 3-3. And what's also cool is it doesn't destroy those. Excuse me. It doesn't destroy those permanents it uh exiles them right exactly so that's really that's cool i i don't think the power level's quite there for legacy but it is definitely a, a very cool card and i can see people having some fun with it and mm-hmm. you know probably some nick fit players will sleeve it up anyways just because mm-hmm. um and then other than that people have been talking about realm walker right yeah that's the uh the elf i mean it's a shapeshifter but it's really an elf right yeah, so two and a green for a two three changeling. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So people have been talking about elves, and like, yeah, that that's fine. I think the real interesting thing with this is uh, kobolds. What? Yeah, man, you can. It makes the uh, kobold combo deck that much easier. The uh, I I literally don't know what the kobold combo deck is. So before like oops all spells and all this stuff there was a deck called cheerios okay i've heard of cheerios i but again i don't know much about what it is yeah so cheerios the whole idea is the entire deck has is full of zero mana casted uh creatures so Mm -hmm. your ornithopters and then for the most part were kobolds which were i think from like fallen empires or something like that but it was this uh these creature type kobolds that were all like zero one kobolds, and they all cost like zero mana to cast. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea with the deck is you would play Glimpse of Nature, and then you would just chain through your entire deck, casting all of your zero mana cast creatures mm-hmm. uh, and drawing cards because you know every time you cast a creature, so the chain would keep going. Hmm. This this Realm Walker, which allows you now to also play creatures off the top of your library is effectively like having a glimpse of nature uh you know in in uh in effect at the same time. So it's basically like glimpse of nature 5 through 8. Yep. So I can see like a deck being like four glimpse of nature, four realm walker and then a whole bunch of kobolds to chain through the deck. You get you basically end up casting a ton of cards so you can either win with a storm card like uh you know empty the warrens or tendrils of agony. Uh, or you can do like other cool stuff like sacking all the kobolds to like some other effect because now you just have a, a ton of creatures that can be sacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, one, once you get this chain in place, there's a bunch of ways to combo in the game. But like the core of the deck is like, here, play a ton of creatures for free, draw a bunch of cards because you're playing creatures. Yep. So I I, I don't think it's going to be like a tier one deck, but I, it just makes it's like uh, Oops All Spells getting the uh, the spell lands. You know, it was just that little bit that took this kind of obscure tier three deck and actually made it into a contender that you wouldn't feel embarrassed showing up to a tournament with. Gotcha. Um, so I think it has the possibility of doing the same thing. You know, this time next year, we might be talking about how Cheerios is all over, uh, you know, not necessarily the top eights, but we're not surprised to see it show up in, in lists all the time. Right. That's interesting, I guess. Yeah. So. Or, you know, we could just be really boring and just go into elves and make elves super overpowered. That's but, probably what's going to happen. It's just going to go to elves. Well, from what I've heard from a lot of elves players, a lot of elves players aren't super excited about it. it okay. Seems, it always feels like the people most excited about a card going into a deck are players that don't actually play that deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, and then it looks like they spoiled the Planeswalker, which is Kaya, which, thank God, doesn't look playable. <laughs> so it's three white, black, five loyalty. It's plus one is put a ghost form counter on up to one target non-token creature. It gains when this creature dies or is put into exile. Oh, that's interesting. Dies or exile. Return it to its owner's hand and create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. Hmm. Okay. That's a really interesting plus one. You think so? Okay. Well, dies or exile. Right. As far as I know, this is like one of the few cards. So there's like this and then like pull from eternity. But like usually Wizards doesn't like messing with the exile zone. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I guess technically the card's never going to the exile zone, but it still feels like you're kind of cheating the exile rule. Uh, It's minus three is exile target non-land permanent. And then minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep. You may cast a legendary spell from your hand, from your graveyard, or from among cards you own in exile without paying its mana cost. Mm -hmm. That... That alt is very lackluster. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem to be worth five mana and all the investment. I mean, it is an emblem that you can do each upkeep, but it like it has to be legendary and it has to either be from your fr- your hand, graveyard, or exile. Right. Well, yeah, so anywhere, basically. Yeah. Well, Anywhere not, but your but your deck. not your library for for seven loyalty counters. I want to be able to like search my library for a legendary <laughs> creature and put it into play. I I feel that ult is very underwhelming. Okay, give me a bit more, Pat, or make it cheaper. Yeah, I don't I don't want I don't want any more busted planeswalkers, Jerry. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with it. I think that's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, that was about it for the spoilers. I am actually I've been looking, Pat. You know what I've been doing with uh, my week off. What's that? I've been revamping my cube. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you had a cube. Oh, actually, no. I didn't know you had a cube. That's true. Yeah. So I have a. Uh, I actually have a commander cube, and it's uh, it's dragon themed. Yeah. So the whole idea is the first pack you draft is the commanders. So everyone drafts three commanders, and then you draft the cube itself and build basically a commander deck. And then, you know, you have your three commanders that you can choose from as, you know, to give you ideas as you're mm-hmm. drafting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the commanders in my commander cube are the uh, legendary dragons. So all the elder dragons. Oh, okay. Like the OG ones? So it's the OG elder dragons and then also the uh, cons of Tarkir uh, elder dragons. Okay. And also the Dominaria uh, elder dragons. Hmm. And then I have the Kamigawa Legendary Dragons as just the uh, the stand-in cycle for, like, monocolored. So mm-hmm. if someone wants to draft a monocolored deck, uh, they can grab one of the, uh, you know, the Kamigawa Dragons. Gotcha. Uh, but, yeah, I've just been kind of revamping that. And, uh, you know, I'm getting ready. So I, I feel a good deadline is when we can start doing paper events again. You know, I want to have my cube ready to go for when we can start going to paper. Oh, events. that would be awesome if we could start it off with like a, with a fucking like a a cube day, cube like a whole day though. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That'd be, so, that'd be sweet. So that's kind of like my uh, my deadline to myself is to uh, finish the cube by the time we can start meeting up in person again. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's just been so. Uh, oh, where I was going with that is I've actually now been keeping an eye out on spoilers not even just for legacy cards but more just for like things to go in the cube yeah yeah that, that that's something that interests me like how people like 
cultivate and you know their own cube i think it's kind of cool yeah it's a lot of work yeah especially it's a lot of work for something that i've only played like once or twice in the last like three years Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like either we're playing legacy or like someone else has their cube and like owning a cube is very much a labor of love more so than it is that to like play with it <laughs> like mm-hmm. more like the curation of a cube is really why you get a cube in the first place hmm. um and then we kind of already did the commander legends previews in previous episodes didn't we we did yeah oh i guess this is a new spoiler uh mana drain is in the set apparently oh really yeah okay that got reprinted in uh iconic masters right wasn't it it did. It did. Wait, what set is it in? Uh, Commander Legends. Oh, the command. Okay, I was I was running on call time. I didn't see it. Okay. That's oh man, cool. if they put it in a standard set, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be insane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I might play standard again if uh, they put Manager in a standard set. Uh, other than that, I think that's pretty much it, though. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have more call time spoilers uh, over the course of the next week or two, so we can definitely talk about those more in depth as they come out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we'll always see on the Facebook page, too. I feel that's my uh, source of the controversial cards that get printed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, same. If it gets talked about a bunch on the Facebook page, that's how we know it. Uh, people are people are interested in uh, brewing with it. Yes. And, you know, the always civil debates about playability that follow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well. Uh, I guess that's it, Pat. Uh, oh, we want to just finish uh, up with mentioning the uh, auctions going on. Uh, yeah, so we have the we're in the last. Is this the last day for the or is that tomorrow for the auctions? All the, the different. Um, so it's lots ne- we have from the from. Uh, it's sh- it's a week from where we are now, Pat. So people listening to this episode, you have three days to bid. So okay. three three days from this episode coming out, you yes, have left it closes to bid. January January eleventh. It looks like we have some great bids on some of the lots. Uh, there's what five different lots there. A um, bunch of full art cards like crop rotation. There's a wasteland in there. So just check them out. There's uh, some cool like a, there's like an Eldrazi lot. Yeah, there's uh, full art wastelands, uh, like foil Japanese goblin guy. Really nice crop rotation too. That looks yeah, really good. F- f- uh, I think it's full art foil crop rotation. Yeah, it looks like uh, you know it reminds me of the Ents from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, very definitely. Cool. And then we got like Cabal Therapy, which also Pat, I don't remember Cabal Therapy becoming a fifty dollar card. Yeah, you were saying that. Uh, Commander's a hell of a format, huh? Yeah, dude, I threw away so many Cabal Therapies back in the day because it was just like an uncommon that, you know, we had tons of. And now yep. it's a $50 card. Crazy. You mean Cabal Coffers? Oh, uh, yeah. Cabal Coffers, not Cabal <laughs> Therapies. I was like, whoa, I have a bunch of Cabal Therapies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Cabal Coffers. It's just it's an uncommon that hasn't been reprinted in 10 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there's uh, there's a bunch of great auctions there. So if uh, you want to support a good cause, all the proceeds go to the Room to Grow charity. Uh, head over to the Facebook page and you can make your uh, bids on the auction there. Mm, nice. Uh, I guess we want to get to scoops and poops. Yeah. Jerry, who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week? Scoops. Uh, I am going to scoop in the vaccine, Pat, because my girlfriend got the vaccine this week, mm-hmm. so she is she is now vaccinated against COVID. I well, am she got f- the first dose or the second dose because the first one is good. The second one is where they put the microchip in you and you get real sick. Oh my god, she yeah. got the second dose. Oh, she did. All right, <laughs> yeah, she Let didn't me, get a my, no my microchip. Condol- my condolences, Jerry. No microchip. <laughs> where do I send uh, the flowers and uh, card to? 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> this Pat's statements do not reflect the leaving a legacy community as a whole. <laughs> no. Only some of us are that smart. Oh my god. But uh so she's she's all vaccinated, which is great. I unfortunately am like what I I looked myself up online to see like what spot I'm in and I'm like two million four hundred and fifty five thousandth in line. So yeah gonna so be a little while before i get vaccinated so you're dead before you get it honestly right that's <laughs> yeah pretty much uh but how do you how do you find out what place you're in that's interesting there's a website oh yeah it's it's not like you're you, you type in basically like your age and occupation and like some health stats about you and it'll it gives you kind of like a general idea of like how important you are <laughs> okay interesting <laughs> um so yeah but my my scoop in is to the vaccine. I'm glad my uh, my girlfriend got the vaccine and I can't wait to get it myself so that we're just one step closer to being able to do cool things. Yeah, you think that's what's going to happen. We'll see. I'm not optimistic, man. Oh, piss I'm not off. Optimistic. I'm not, optimi- oh, I'm yeah. not optimistic that a vaccine is what's going to get us back to uh, back to regular uh, life. Yep. Also, listeners, I just want you to know, I found out the other day that uh, Patrick has an irrational fear of robots. <laughs> <laughs> in our group chat like someone posted this funny video of like boston dynamics robot video funny like, video no no no. okay all right let's let's they just have these robots quick. like doing I'm, some dance moves i'm and, going like, to forego my scoops and i'm going to talk about this video real quick everyone loves the the fucking robot videos from boston dynamics oh they're so cute oh there's a dog one. Oh, look at look at it's hopping upstairs oh look they fell over now guys they're dancing and they're dancing with better abilities than I have. And I'm not a terrible dancer. Okay. And all I see is someone putting a fucking machine gun on the back of that four legged one. And then it's over. It is. We are living in black mirror that like how people find those things adorable and not terrifying is beyond me. Like they have no sense of morality that no one can control those. Like it's like, it's like, it's like being the first person to see a drone and be like, Oh yeah, I'm really glad the U S has those when like, if they just rain hellfire down from fucking 10,000 miles away, like consequence free. Like I, I, it it blows my mind that people see those robots and they like, they're like, Oh, it's so cute. Oh, uh," like I hope those are the first people up against the wall when these things come for us. That's all I'm going to say. We, when, where's the robot uprising when the drones that people said the same thing about the unmanned drones, Pat, and we've had them for decades now and there's been no robot uprising. No, no, no. It's not that there's a robot uprising. It's that it takes accountability. Like, uh, I, I, I can't even get into it, Jerry. I just like <laughs> drones are drones are listen, unmanned drones are bad. They're bad. And, uh, and this is just another step in the, in, a, in the wrong direction. Put guns in the hands of people, not in the hands of robots. That's what I say. I say as long as you program them with Asimov's laws for robots, we won't have any issues. Jerry, we all know the laws are meant to be broken, and and robots are smart. Look at look at who you tell. It doesn't take a lot to be smarter than the average American, and I'm afraid that it's it's come. Our time has come. I'm just very uh, I'm concerned about. <laughs> well, the no, that's exactly I, my reason. I am I am more comfortable with a robot than a person because you said it yourself. The average person is not that smart. And that's yes. why I have more faith in robots than people. Okay. It's well, not that it's it's not that I think it's gonna it's like completely safe and nothing to worry about. I'm just more comfortable with robots than I am with people. Oh yeah, man. Have you seen the uh the like the TikTok of like a 
uh, what like a security robot from a mall that like decides to go down an escalator and just like takes a bunch of people out on the way down yeah. the escalator. <laughs> it's not that it decides to go down the escalator. It's that it it's like it gets lost and it tries to drive down the escalator. Uh, I don't know if it gets lost. It like it like I mean, listen to go down an escalator. You don't like you have to go a very specific way. You have to go straight in like a a two and a half foot wide area. Like it's not like well, you're just I'm like, just saying like it it probably like went up to the edge. It sensors like oh no look you're at the edge and it's stops but because it's an escalator the escalator like dragged it over the lip how is there not like an rfid chip on the beginning and like the top and bottom of every escalator that's like a no fly zone for every robot in there i'm i'm sure that they're adding them now after that honestly like the here's what made it the worst is that it was pretty hilarious though you see that robot oh my god if there was someone tumbling down the stairs just knocking people well that's the thing is like if there was someone at the top of the escalator it would have just tipped over and not made a big deal but like the only people on the escalator were at the very bottom so this thing just picked up speed the whole way down and people just look over their back and like what and then just boom get taken out by the robot it doesn't help that the robot was like shaped like a bullet i I don't know why they're shaped like that like that they're basically like trash cans with a pyramid on top just end over end end over end that's okay we'll we'll see the t1000s pretty soon so man those are coming those are coming jerry all right, well, let's get out of here. I hope everyone had a great holiday. We're in the new year, and uh, and we're loving life, man. We're getting back to we're getting back to normal, right, Jerry? We're all getting our Bill Gates microchips in pretty soon, and uh, and then they'll let us go back to work, which is nice. I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, sorry, Pat, I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at my handheld microchip, my <laughs> cell phone, <laughs> that tracks all of my movements and everything I say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not, I can't argue with that. You're, you're already definitely right. Uh, but at least it, these, at least the phones are made by human hands and not by robots. They're made by tiny human hands in Asia, but they're you know they're, at least they're not made by robots, Jerry. It it's unnerving, Pat. Like I was I was talking to my girlfriend, and I was just like she's like, oh, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, oh, I was thinking about like getting a master class. And then literally, I open up my phone, open up Facebook, and the first ad I see is for Masterclass, like right there. Dude, not good. <laughs> it's not good. I don't like that stuff. I don't like how Facebook can like track your like your messages elsewhere on your phone and like and then send you personalized ads for that. It's not not good. Not good. Uh, so that's why I'm fine with having microchips injected into me, Pat, because I already carry one around on daily. <laughs> well, that's what happens, I guess. <laughs> all right well i hope everyone's having a great week um we're gonna catch you all next week check out the uh facebook page for more of the bids on the uh, those lots there is that the last thing we have going up jerry for the uh yep the auctions yeah. are the last thing that uh we cool. have so, we'll wind it down give everyone some more time to recover and then we'll probably do another charity auction you know halfway through the year or something awesome. like that well, hopefully it'll coincide with the next LAL Open. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. You know, it, we'll, we'll try and do uh, an LAL Open, but if it's still not safe, we obviously won't. But if it is, we'll do it, and we'll do we'll coincide that with another charity event. Yes, agreed. All right, hope everyone has a great week, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.